Welcome to the Food and Beverage Insider Podcast, the source for the latest ingredients, formulation, supply chain, and regulatory issues affecting healthy food and beverage product innovation. Today's host is Alex Smolikoff, Assistant Editor. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Food and Beverage Insider Podcast. I'm Alex Smolikoff and joining me by phone today is Mike Forbes, CEO of Alter Eco, which is a sustainability-minded and certified B Corp chocolate company. Uh, Mike, thanks for joining me today and taking some time during these uh, very strange times to, to discuss some things about your company with me. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. I, I think this will be a really nice conversation. Um, so ironically enough, it is a Forbes article that, that really sparked the idea uh, to speak with you in the first place. A couple of weeks ago, uh, while doing some research for an article, I was, I was reading a Forbes article that mentioned that um, B corporations may be better suited to kind of work through these, these unprecedented times and come out a little bit better on the other end than maybe companies that don't follow that model. Um, and so I have been speaking to a couple of different brands, a couple of different companies um, that are certified B Corps to basically see why that might be and see if they agree with that overall sentiment. Um, so I guess we'll start um, really very general. Uh, if you could just maybe take a couple minutes, describe Alter Eco as a company uh, and why it is that being a certified B Corp was something that you sought out for your company and, and how that aligns with your own values. It's great. So. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Really great to chat with you about uh, what I think is going to be a really important topic going forward. Um, Alter Eco was really founded on the idea of creating food and, and chocolate in particular that's really better for the folks who eat it, better for the planet that provides it, and better for the people who provide who who make it. And you know, we try to be clean in every way we do business. And we really try to take every piece of sustainability to the next level. So one example is our truffles that you might see. The, the wrappers are actually fully compostable. Um, that goes a lot further than a lot of other other companies out there. And, and this idea of a different way of doing business has been in our DNA since the beginning. Uh, our founders, they were traveling abroad and they realized that, you know, a lot of the stuff back home that they were paying uh, – big dollars for, you know, kind of specialty gourmet foods, you know, when they actually met the farmers that made them, they're pretty impoverished. And there was a lot of evidence of, of the issues created by global warming and, and, you know, really destructive farming practices. So that's the, through that, Alter Eco was created. We became a B Corp simply because I think it is the, the one thing that really aligns with that, piece of our ethos that I talked about, that everything we do has to really be better at every single stage of the process. And what I love about B Corp is there's a lot of companies out there who try to talk about making money and growing. You know, B Corp asks a bigger, better question, which is, are you making the world a better place? And are you leaving the planet and people better than, than how you found them? Awesome. Thank you. Um, that That's really interesting, especially with I know chocolate um, specifically has um, in the past had some supply chain issues, both in terms of the, the ingredient itself uh, and the people who are, you know, in, are are farming and supplying it for us. And so I think that, uh, you know, being a chocolate company and really focusing on not just people who are purchasing your product, but the people that are making it uh, are, are really important values. Um, and so, you know, going back to the that Forbes article, the the quote that really stood out to me the most, it was by Anthea Kelsnick, uh, who's co-CEO of B-Lab USA and Canada. Uh, and she said, um, if there is a silver lining of the COVID-19 pandemic, it's that now more than ever, the B Corp model is relevant. 
So I was curious if you could uh, maybe go into some detail about uh, some of the effects that the COVID-19 pandemic are having on your company, whether that be in terms of sales or um, supply chain, uh, you know, really any any impact it's having and maybe what aspects of the B Corp model uh, have allowed you to maybe work through and mitigate some of those issues. What's what's been really uh, amazing about the past 60 days is that I can I really feel like every single aspect of our business has changed. Um, for us, luckily, chocolate is up. People want more comfort food. But even within that, different segments are up and down. So more people are are migrating to our bars. It's kind of a tried and true and really comforting flavors. Whereas, you know, if we had a, a business, we had some businesses where people would eat truffles at work. It was a food service business. You know, people are working from home now. So those types of things go away. So that creates a lot of challenges in terms of fulfillment. Um, the questions we get from retail partners and business partners have completely changed. If you think 90 days ago, everybody wanted to know about innovation and, you know, what's your new keto line or those sorts of things. You know, now the questions we get are, can you fulfill orders? Is your workforce healthy? You know, much more basic kind of lower on the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, so to speak. Um, you know, we're, we're lucky that we are very stable and thriving as a company. And I think B Corp's a big part of this. We're filling 99% of our chocolate orders. We're producing uh, when we need to produce. Um, you know, people are healthy. All of those really, really important things with the health being most important. But we've had to completely change how how we've responded to our business and, and worked on our business in the past uh, 60 days. You know, I think a big one, and everyone's going through this, um, is working from home. And, you know, with that really makes me realize again and again is your team is everything, especially for a small company like us. Um, you know, uh, think about living, we're, we're based in San Francisco. Um, we have some folks working from home in small apartments with uh, five roommates. Uh, we have other folks who have young kids at home. Myself, I'm actually teaching math class to my seven-year-old right after this. And so you really have to approach everything you do with your employees from just a place of empathy and accommodate accommodation, right? So, hey, certain people can't meet between two and four because they're working with their children, you know, those sorts of things and just working around that. Um, some other things I, I've noticed is, you know, just the nature of our interactions with each other have changed. There's really a lot more, you know, I, I think prior to COVID, it was getting to the business issues right away. You know, how much do we have in stock? Is that enough or too much? And how's the new product going? Uh, now we spend a lot more time. No, really, how are you? How are you doing? How's your family doing? What do you need? Because I think everybody has their moment. You know, we think we all went, started working from home thinking maybe it'd be two or three weeks. And I think we're on day for Ultra Eco 49 now. Um, you know, so you really... Everyone has their good days and bad days, and you really have to kind of reach out during kind of both both uh, ends of the ends of the spectrum. Supply chain has been the biggest uh, thing, even beyond team. And I think this is where you know B Corp really uh, creates that notion and instills that notion of your team goes beyond your employees. Your entire supply chain is your team. Um, so it's fundamentally changed for us how we coordinate with our manufacturing partners and. Uh, you know, really, how much can you make today, just given everything that's going on? Uh, how can we reconfigure the warehouse so our employees are safe? 
Um, how can we support people at our warehouse with, you know, things like even just providing more free lunches, but also knowing you've got to really think about what that lunch is so you can reinforce social distancing. Um, it's really been a humbling experience and reinforced for all of us how much we all depend on each other, you know, for a simple bar of chocolate to reach the store shelf. So we spent more time than ever checking in on all of our supply chain partners. Um, you know, the, the big thing that's also important to think through is the impact on the actual grower of the cacao. And, you know, when you think about in San Francisco, it might be hard to find toilet paper or paper towels, but ultimately you can get your hands on them. What we've seen happen in Ecuador, for example, we, we work extensively with the co-op in Ecuador, not only has um, have items become more scarce, but the prices have doubled or tripled. And so if, if you're a farmer that's already, you know, harder to make ends meet and suddenly the price of bleach triples, and if you don't do that, you know, it's not available, uh, that's a really big deal. And so one of the things we've actually started doing is raising donations actually to send to directly to our farmers to help them buy basic supplies um, and getting, um, you know, folks to help us with that because what for us is, is become harder to accomplish, but still doable if you're a farmer in a third world country is, is actually a really different and much more difficult proposition. Uh, you know, I think the whole the, the supply chain and the suppliers is, is a really integral part of this. And, and one of the quotes that stood out with another company I spoke to, which was Sun and Swell Foods, um, I spoke to their CEO, Kate Flynn. Uh, who mentioned that, you know, in being a B Corp, you do get scored on length of supplier relationships and that that really encourages having a very close knit uh, relationship with a supplier. Um, so is that the case with you that, that you've had the same supplier that you, you know, maybe for, for several years or for quite some time? And do you feel that sticking with one supplier and having that really strong relationship as opposed to maybe having several suppliers that you're less close to uh, has helped you be able to, to work through supply chain issues during this time? Yeah, so that's a great question. We've been working, um, one of our cacao partners is newer on the Dominican Republic. Uh, the others in Peru and Ecuador, we've been working with since the beginning. And the same with our manufacturing relationships. So, um, you know, uh, before COVID happened, our goal as a company was to make sure we physically had a team visit every farming partner this year. Now, that's obviously not going to be possible anymore. Um, but the fact that we've had those relationships since 2010 or sooner does allow us to reach out in a different way and just make sure we can be really open with folks. And, you know, how are you doing? Um, where do you need help? Because it takes, you know, it takes a close relationship for the farmer to be able to look and say, hey, actually, you know, getting getting bleach is difficult. Getting, uh, you know, we need a new sanitation station, those sorts of things. Um, it, it takes you know, it takes a little bit of uh, psychological safety to be able to say that to each other. And so I think length of relationship and also the fact that we've invested a ton of time in really getting to know folks uh, in our supply chain helps with that. And then another, you know, on top of suppliers and supplier relationships, I think the other big theme that I noticed in speaking to some of these other B corporations, um, the, the word resiliency and resilient came up a lot. Um, and specifically, uh, one of the quotes that stood out um, Someone told me that a lot of the variables that go into being a certified B Corp are things that make you more resilient as a business. Um, would you agree with that statement? And, and maybe could you give some examples of, of how that B Corp model allows you to be more resilient and because of that, maybe a little bit more able to adapt on the fly to some 
uh, changing circumstances where you're really not sure what the next day is going to be like. Yep. I think resiliency is critical, and I think it goes even beyond that to just truly caring about those beyond around you. Um, if you think about the B Corp certification process, uh, you don't, you know, you're not a certified B Corp unless you achieve a certain score on their audit. Um, and, you know, they go really deep into every part of your business, starting with your office, moving to maybe your factory, and then to all of the partners that supply you. And what really goes into that for you to be able to become a B Corp in the first place is just fundamentally caring about all of your supply chain partners and be it farmer or factory or truckers that, you know, you care more than just, you know, how much are they, how much are you paying them to provide a service to you? You, you want to make sure that, you know, they're happy and healthy and earning a living from, you know, this business as well. And so I think, you know, the, the piece of that that goes in, because it takes so much extra time. And, you know, as a small company, we're already busy doing so many things. It takes a lot of extra time to get certified and do it the right way. But I think in doing that, you learn so much more about who you're working with. And, and I think the more you know somebody, the more you care about them, it creates a different relationship that when things, times get really tough, and I think they are really tough right now, and they're really uncertain for so many folks in the world. Um, you know, you sort of have this reservoir of goodwill you can can call on. And in a, a sense of kind of, sh we're in this together and sort of shared strength and sacrifice that helps you just figure things out. Um, you know, the old model would be, we'd talk to the factory and say, hey, we need 5,000 bars today or whatever the number is. You know, now it's actually a different conversation. It's, you know, tell us how many you can make and, and we'll figure it out and, and play from there. And moving not completely off of the, the B Corp model, but just in terms of maybe more a general um, reaction to the pandemic and, and some changing things in the industry. Um, you know, obviously there are no food trade shows right now where you can go out and sample. Um, people are going out and shopping in stores probably less and purchasing online more. So maybe you have fewer of those impulse purchases of, of a candy bar or, or, you know, a nice piece of chocolate. So I'm just curious, um, you know, what your company has been doing um, sort of to work around that and, and to get past maybe some of your, your old avenues of getting the name out and getting the word out um, and what you've been doing instead, um, whether it's an increased presence online or, or whatever the case may be to, you know, try and stay at least as, as close as you can to maybe the projections that you had, you know, three or four months ago. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think I think for us, you know, I mentioned in a team meeting uh, the other day, hey, actually, right now, our number one sales you know, method is actually having a really good operations team, right? Because you have to have products in stock in order to fulfill any demand. And so, you know, that's something we've actually doubled down on a little bit is how do we make sure we just have everything in stock? And we've been really lucky and fortunate on that. We've done a lot of hard work. It's paid off and I think a 99% fill rate for chocolate uh, the last couple months. And, you know, that that helps consumers because they know when they come to our website, it's going to be there. And it also, you know, gives reassurance to our retail partners that they know we're here for them. Um, you know, we spent a lot more time online. Um, our website sales, I think, quintupled in April, uh, which was, you know, an unforeseen thing. Um, and, you know, it's allowed us to think more about how we experiment online, how we experiment with Instacart and Amazon and some of those other new ways that people are discovering things. Uh, we know people are spending more online. How can we work with 
uh, you know, entertainers and influencers and those sorts of things to bring a little fun and chocolate into people's lives. So, um, you know, and it's it's allowed us, it's it's forced us to really be flexible, right? Because I think we had like many companies, here's our 12 month marketing plan and everything's laid out and planned three months in advance. Well, guess what? A lot of that's out the window now. And so, and that goes back to resiliency and flexibility, which is a big part of the B Corp model. Um, you know, we've had meetings where we said, you know, hey, uh, how we planned our food service business isn't as relevant right now because people are working it from home. So how do we change that and reach them in different ways? And online's an example, and there's a couple other ways we can do that. So uh, for me, that it's been really fun to watch uh, how our team has risen to that challenge and not taken it as, you know, oh, shoot, everything we've worked for is, is you know, kind of uh, – you know, on pause for a while, but just, you know, no, there's actually a bunch of new opportunities and how do we work to get chocolate to people and introduce our brand to folks who are working from home and, and spending their time fundamentally differently than they've ever, than they imagined they would 90 days ago. And then, you know, one, and obviously I know it's a little bit tough to say once things get back to normal, because we don't really know what normal will look like. And we certainly don't know when that will be. Um, but as important as it is to be able to adjust and, and maybe call an audible in terms of some things that you're doing in the middle of this pandemic, and even as we're, you know, hopefully maybe getting closer and closer to normalcy moving forward, are there any lessons or any, you know, new ways of doing business that might stick with you even when we do return to a period of normalcy? Um, whenever that may be, how might your business look differently than it did, say, in December or January before any of this happened? Um, you know, what what lessons or or things that you've learned might stick with the way the company does business, even when we get back to, you know, quote unquote, the way things were. There's a, there's a couple things that we think about. And uh, one, I would say I had been a traditional, you know, we should be in the same office and having kind of informal conversations and running into each other and, and working on issues that way. And what I've learned from this is there is great value to sort of meeting everybody where they're at in terms of, of work styles. And some people are, are gonna wanna work from home more than others and that's okay. And I think it'll actually be important as we need a little more physical distance going forward. So that's one thing uh, that we think about a lot. Um, the other is, you know, really just making sure you're, you're stopping and thinking about what your plan B is, but also your plan C, your plan D, and your plan E um, when, when maybe things don't go as you expected. Because I think one of the reasons we've been able to uh, do well uh, during these times is we, we, there are spots where we did have a few backup plans. And, and actually, before we closed the office, we planned on how we would close that for a few days, right, to make sure we could um, – do that effectively and make sure our culture, which we value a lot, could kind of translate to an online forum uh, with Microsoft Teams and all those good those good apps. So um, we'll really talk a lot more about backup plans and redundancy. Uh, but there's a lot of things that won't change. I mean, I think uh, the the core of what we are about is making the planet a better place and making sure farmers uh, benefit from the great work they do. I actually think that's going to be more important than ever. Um, you know, my seven-year-old has said said to me once, the good thing about this time, Daddy, is the earth gets to breathe again. And, you know, while I certainly wish it would have happened in a different way, I think uh, this gives all of us a chance to step back, pause, and say what's really important in life and how do we make sure we're, we're running our day-to-day -day as much as we can according to those principles to make, you know, everyone around us and everything around us a little better. 
And uh, I, I really only have one more question, and it's, it's sort of a question that you've been answering for the last you know 15 minutes or so, but I'll put it a little bit more concisely um, to, to end things here. Let, let's say I'm starting a business. I'm, I'm new to the industry. I want to start you know, a, a better for you food uh, business. I'm going to be a small company. And I say, Mike, what is the one or two you know, biggest pieces of advice you can give me? The one or two things that you would say, you have to focus on these things if you want to be a successful company and be a company that can maybe work through some uh, unforeseen hiccups along the way, whether that is you know, a small hiccup or a global pandemic sized one. Um, what would you tell a, a new business starting up? You know, make sure that you do this thing if you want to make sure you're a successful company. Uh, a couple things. I, I think one is you've got to have your big crazy vision and stick to it, right? Because every you know the, the ideas that really change the world, I think everybody initially thinks are crazy ideas, uh, and the people who stick with it and kind of. Um, uh, through thick and thin are the ones who really do end up changing the world for the better. That said, you've got to balance that with reaching out to everybody around you and getting good feedback on, you know, how could I do this differently? How could I do this better? And sort of uh, learning from that experience, but making sure you're also sticking to your vision at the same time. Uh, the second thing is, you know, the the, the food business is hard. Um, you know, it's it's hard to get into stores. It's actually even harder to get your product off the shelf. So I always advise people to kind of make your optimistic plan and then your, oh, geez, what if a whole bunch of stuff doesn't work plan and make sure that you've built your business to withstand the worst worst case scenario, but that you're really ready to tackle the best case scenario. And that's the one you dream about at night. So, you know, the, the things that can go wrong don't drag you down, but you're ready for them because something will happen, even as a, you know, we've been in business for quite a few years now, but, you know, we're still a smaller company and and I get surprises every day. And so you've just got to learn to take them in stride. All right. Thank you so much again. That's Mike Forbes, CEO of Alter Eco. Mike, thank you again for taking some time out of your day. I, I know things have probably been pretty hectic the last few weeks for you guys. Um, so I really appreciate you taking some time uh, speaking to me. And, and hopefully this is the kind of advice that um, other companies can take and, and move forward with and use them to better themselves, better their businesses, better the planet, um, everything that goes along with the B Corp model. So thank you again for taking some time. I, I really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks. You too.